Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 811. I almost read off the wrong page there. Uh, oh, then we'd have to start over. March 16th, 2022. It was 79 degrees on this day in that wonderful spring of 2012 when we got really, really lucky. And it was 10 below in 1900. And yes, I have an ice out date today. Oh, boy. March 16th in, 20, on, in 2016, ice out on White Bear Lake. And now, from the mayor's oh, office, above the mm. boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, yeah. Chris <laughs> Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally yeah. Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Souchere. So, for those people that will at some point go to the Garage Logic YouTube page yeah. and see our daily clip, you yeah. had mentioned that the record was what again in 2016? 70 something? 79 so, in 2012. Think if that happened. Yeah. Uh, people were out playing golf. Right. Right. Except for some people that maybe I've managed to, an to injury. Uh, I've managed to <laughs> delay the start of another golf season. Two years in a row. Well, actually, uh, Chris, it's three. It's oh, shoulder. Oh yeah, I leg, forgot about the shoulder. Hand. Yeah. Oh, Joe, I don't care how much grief you get from the boys. Ice out. <laughs> no, season. wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. You're glossing over the no, eight topic, you, boss. You you have to face face it. Talk about it. Yeah. Don't bury the lead, Joe. So I broke my hand yesterday in two places. Man, who did you punch? It must have been something ferocious. Was it? Uh, were you fighting off a carjacker? The sidewalk. Oh, <laughs> he's laughing. I left here and went for a walk, and as uh, you do every single day, made it through the winter. Twenty below and icy drifts everywhere. And yesterday was beautiful and melting. And fifty what? Fifty four? Stepped in some water that was disguising ice underneath it and uh, bing, bang, boom. Down you went. Broke the fall with my hand, which I'm grateful for. I didn't want to break the fall with my shoulder. Or your hip. Or my head. Or my hip. Yep. So now I got this thing on, this uh, plastic thing that... uh, You look like you got a robotic arm. I know. I look like I have a fake arm now. (laughs) And only two fingers work. Because you remember the last time that the subject of a broken hip came up on this show. Don't you? No. Where's the party? Remember that happened at the Hubbard holiday party. We found out that Sir Sidney had fallen and broke his hip. At the Hubbard holiday? What was he doing at the Hubbard? No, that's where we all learned of it. Oh. Was at the Hubbard Holiday Party. Here's what I think. Here we go. Here's what I think. I subscribe to the idea when it comes to injuries, not cancer or heart disease or anything like that, but when it comes to injuries, most things heal. Yes. Okay? So Mm -hmm. in other words, I was talking to the gal who was making this damn fiberglass thing I have to wear, and I said, you know what? In 1920, Farmer Jones is out in his back 40, and he slips and he uh, has terrible pain in his hand, he didn't go to the doctor. He rubbed it, dirt on it. And, and it healed. It healed. It healed. He probably had a self-made splint I've or something. always been amazed, and this I don't mean to liken this to a World War II injury, for God's sakes. It's not. I've always been amazed when you read the obits of, of the, of the uh, aging World War II guys 
And oh, he was shot 14 times, and he, uh, you know, he lost his one kidney, and uh, one eye was shot out, and he's now dying at the age of 101. Right. You know, I, it's a, the human body's amazing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering. I'm thinking to myself, maybe I shouldn't have gone to the doctor. And just have been careful no, with it no. and just let it heal on its own. I think that would have been a horrible idea. Yeah, I think you wouldn't have been playing golf until about 2025 then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what so what should do? have happened is the city of St. Paul should have shoveled that sidewalk for you, and you wouldn't have <laughs> slipped. I had a very interesting text exchange with the uh, CP last night. Mm -hmm. uh, it started out at 822, Kenny asking, is it bad, hoping he won't need surgery. Uh, she replies, he needs to suffer a bit. Remember, he likes drama. <laughs> wow. How and was then, the... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then uh, I told her about my uh, crushed wrist 15 years ago and eating Percocets for months straight and how high I was. Uh, and how I don't want you high on narcotics. He goes, ha, she said, ha, ha, I'd like that. He can still hoist a beer with his left hand. I guess I'll have to write the checks. <laughs> <laughs> well, she immediately posted out to the family members. Oh, a well, lot of sympathy, I'm guessing? Oh, terribly sympathetic. Yeah. She posted a picture of my hand wrapped in the stuff, and she said, guess who broke his hand? Who wants to take care of him? <laughs> <laughs> And did all of the other family members uh, leap to volunteer with... Uh... Yeah, one guy said, well, I'll finish shoveling for you this year, you know. <laughs> and the other remarks I got, I can't repeat. Ah, yeah, I'll bet. I'll I bet. bet. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get back to the email I was trying to Yeah, read? here we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe, I don't care how much grief you get from the boys. Ice out season is right up there with March Madness, the Masters, and opening day of MLB for top-rated rights of spring. And I can't think of anyone who would enjoy this article more than you. This is uh, from Steve Mulholland, loyal listener in the belly of the beast, Liberal Lakes area of Minneapolis. And he linked me to a, uh, a MinPost piece called When Ice Out Happens on Minnesota Lakes and What That Means. It's a very long piece, and I, uh, I read through it with my speed reading skills. And what I was amazed by is that MinPost would be a likely candidate to uh, find all sorts of reasons to... Uh, to blame climate change for ice out dates. But they didn't because you can't. No. Because the earliest is 1858. Yep. And they're all, they've, they've remember, I've assigned our lifetime to about 1850, right? Mm -hmm. That and, and nothing has changed since 1850. Sometimes you get an early one. Sometimes you get a late one. But 90% of them are dead in the middle of April for the last 150 years. Yep. Dead in the middle of April, and we had one today, an early one, March 16th. Are you still of the opinion that we're going to have a late one this year? Yes, I'm clinging to my belief that Minnetonka will have a May ice out. Okay. Hmm. Now, I'll be glad to be proven wrong. That won't bother me. Right. I mean, I don't live on Minnetonka or anything like that, but I, like Steve, uh, I, I put it right up there with Major League Baseball, the Masters, and March Madness. Did we ever, by the way, and maybe I missed it, did we ever find out, did that boat make it out of the... It's been out of the water all winter. I don't know if they ever got it to indoor storage. Okay. Yeah. This snow shoveling kerfuffle in Minneapolis is reaching hilarity. I can't believe you didn't have a tirade about this. Well, what you're informing me of is that you're sensing there's a movement afoot yes. by Minneapolis residents to have the city shovel their sidewalks in yes. front of their house. And I don't know if you know this or not, but in Minneapolis, there's a lot of sidewalks, a lot of miles of sidewalks. I have noted that. Yeah. 
So it started actually a couple of weeks ago, and I just spent the last 10 minutes looking for the clipping. It was a guest editorial in the Star Tribune about this uh, poor, poor, poor guy that couldn't enjoy the parks because the walks weren't shoveled. Do you have the date of that? I don't, and I couldn't find the clipping. But then while I was searching, I came upon a piece I ignored um, over the weekend, Sunday, March 13th, the front section of the Minnesota um, section, the front page, excuse me, icy walks for cities to step it in. Property owners get multiple chances to shovel themselves, and most eventually do. And then it's uh, it goes on to talk about uh, property owners who don't shovel. You know, we, we go through this every year, and the warnings that the city issues, and if you don't shovel it, then they do. They step in and shovel it and uh, charge you. And I think uh, a few years ago we had an issue with a council member, did we not, Chris? Um, Bender. Yes. Bender. Yeah. Lisa yeah. Bender, yeah. Right, right. I happen to be an expert on this. Well, space management, you're the king. Well, and not only space management, but I, I try to do a walk. And oh, I've, we, I've, we noticed. I keep this, uh, I keep <laughs> observing this every year. There's a number of problems here. I would rather you not shovel if you're going to shovel poorly. And I'll explain what I mean. I think I know exactly what you I mean. I can get purchase on snow. Yes. Snow's not slippery. No. But if you do a half-assed job and go out there and you don't have your heart in it and you shovel it down to the point where what's left will turn to ice, you've done a poor job. So there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare that a corner homeowner shovels out to the street. In other words, the plow comes around and, yeah, and right. yes. creates the mountain. The, so you're crossing the street, and instead of being able to cleanly walk on the sidewalk and keep going, there's a mound of snow there that until until right. today has been an icy struggle to get over, until today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a corner owner, but I always took pride in being able to see the curb and the street in front of my sidewalk Perfect. Perfect. every single snowfall. Perfect, because in late winter walks... You sometimes have to divert yourself to the street, and it's yes. often hard to find what Kenny just described. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how these people get to their cars. Oh, they climb over the hump. It's it's a ridiculous sight to watch. <laughs> well, and not I, to I, mention the street basically shrinks down to where only one lane can get through. Oh, it's amazing how wide the streets are getting. But <laughs> Isn't it? I created an axiom years ago. Maybe Height remembers it. Maybe you can help me. Not all sidewalks in front of a house with a wellstone sign in the window, go unshoveled. But every... Unshoveled. Every unshoveled sidewalk. But every unshoveled sidewalk has a wellstone sign in the window. Not everyone with a wellstone doesn't shovel, but invariably the unshoveled ones do feature wellstone signs. That was years ago. Paul's not with us anymore. Didn't we apply that to... Long grass, too? Yeah, yeah. The unmowed front yeah, yard? Yeah. But listen to this letter to the editor today. I, I just, uh, uh, we'll take a little break from war here for a moment, huh? Zelensky gave a rousing speech <laughs> to Congress today. On behalf of the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board, I apologize for the poor conditions of sidewalks at several Southwest parks mentioned by a March 8 opinion writer. Wintry City is no walk in the park. Okay, now I know the date of that editorial, Kenny. It was March 8. Do I have to keep looking? No, no. I only wanted to know because at that time, 
the attack on Ukraine was well yeah. underway. And that's why I wanted to talk about it then, because we had so many serious, serious issues in this guy. Some goofball is <laughs> complaining guy. about the sidewalk. Yeah. With 180 parks, most with sidewalks, our dedicated crew of 16 employees responsible for snow plowing typically does an outstanding job clearing more than a 120. 120 miles of paths and sidewalks and more than 100 acres of parking lots throughout the park system. We do not schedule snow removal crews on the weekend unless the forecast calls for more than two inches of snow. That weekend's forecast called for one inch, so we did not have additional crews on staff over the weekend. On Monday, several of the regular crew were out sick. Well, isn't that something? So we adjusted crews based on the operators present. The operator that usually clears the routes for Kenwood, Clinton, Mueller, Stephen Square, Smith Triangle, and Washburn Fair Oaks was one of those out sick. Staff finished their typical plow routes and then began clearing the plow routes normally done by the absent operators. Unfortunately, those parks were completed later than usual, resulting in poor conditions encountered by that rider. With nearly 30 million visits to the Minneapolis park system each year, we know our sidewalks and trails are well used. We'll continue to do our best to clear sidewalks as soon as possible. Jeremy Barrick, Assistant Superintendent of Environmental Stewardship, <laughs> Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board. Nice. Which tells me that if there's an Assistant Superintendent of Environmental Stewardship, mm -hmm. you're also paying for a Superintendent of Environmental Stewardship. Oh. How many people work for the Park Board? Let's let's try to what is exactly environmental stewardship? Is that would that be grass and snow? Could we up. call that grass? And I snow? guess you'd call it grass and snow and. And that ever that ever ongoing search to find more reasons to not cut the grass because oh this is sacred prairie grass we got to let it grow um, right just collect ticks pollinators yeah. we need pollinators yeah. so we have uh, we have quite the dilemma there with the old but this shrub. is just another example of well a just flat out laziness by residents because that's just what you do as a homeowner you shovel your sidewalk but b this is just another layer of people wanting the government to control their lives. Well, now you're talking about the notion that I saw thrown out. I guess I haven't read this piece from Sunday yet, but uh, a couple of weeks ago it came to my attention that what you just um, said w was something that the s people in, in the city uh, have recommended. They, they don't want to shovel at right. all. They want the city and their taxes to take care of this. Yeah, wh why not just have it in also include everyone's driveway? Right. You as know. as for the parks, you guys know that I used to follow uh, the Mississippi. I'd go down to Minnehaha Parkway, take it over to the falls, mm -hmm. and then take the parkway up to Franklin. Right. And every day I was amazed by the fact that the sidewalks were way, way better than the street. They were always done um, meticulously and, and pretty good. I, I was can tell always you, impressed. I can tell you by neighborhood. Who who was in a who are euphorians and who is it? <laughs> Just by the shovel. Just by the shovel. Yeah. Such and the quality of the shoveling. I am on the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board's website. Okay. Yes. There is a photo on this that that the heading of the photo. Mm -hmm. There has to be nine thousand people, which are which I'm assuming this is, this is their staff. Yeah. There has to be nine thousand people in this photo. Well, I don't think nine thousand. But. But I get what you mean. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have nine different commissioners. Right. And then how many people do the commissioners employ? Correct. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. It's a good gig if you can get it. I'm, uh, I'm looking at this original letter from the fella. Yeah. It's 13 paragraphs long. Yep. <laughs> and, and they're not short paragraphs. Oh, so you found the editorial I, I found was looking the, for. I found good. the letter from the fella. Yeah. And yeah. the guy who wrote it is a transportation <clears throat> consultant. Right. Right. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. 13 <laughs> paragraphs. What is it? An email from Engie? But <laughs> I'm kidding, just, well, Engie. Yeah, give, me, give me a typical paragraph, John. Well, my favorite is after he complains about it, uh, he says, perhaps the Minneapolis Park and Rec Board will find my tone terse, even bitter. That should not matter. The fact is I'm an individual who's only inconvenienced by the board's ongoing dereliction of responsibility. I'm able to navigate these routine barriers and carry on with my activities. Uh, and then earlier he says he submitted this letter in the Star Tribune and asked him for specific uh, uh, things to substantiate what he was saying. Yeah. He said, so after last weekend's unexpected snowfall, I visited and assessed the condition of sidewalks around nine parks in Whittier and adjacent neighborhoods. Wow. <laughs> he was on assignments. Man, he was doing his homework. He did. Keep he in mind. He, yeah, all day on Saturday he said he did it. And, and keep in mind, uh, Ukraine was getting the S-bombed out of it. Right. We had yeah. a humanitarian disaster on our hands, and this guy was worried. It, I'm it, outraged. Could this be the definition of white privilege? <laughs> yes. Oh, good one. Yes. I think it might be. I want to oh. thank uh, somebody's going to have to tell her this because she's got a real problem. Uh oh. I want to thank Kathy in Plymouth, Minnesota. She wrote us wrote me a really kind letter. But the to preface the letter, she said, to begin, you're going to be annoyed because this will be too long. Paragraph number one is some general information that is not related to the war. And FYI, I may be preaching to the choir when I write it. It may or may not be something you'd like to mention on the podcast at a more calm time, uh, if that ever comes. Paragraph two is something more personal regarding the dum-dums, Patrick, and you. Uh, it was just a really kind letter and how she likes to listen to us and has listened for a long time. But she said, I tried to email this to you and I couldn't. Uh, so she sent a letter to me, uh, the, nice. the, the email she must have printed out at home. So I wanted to thank her. So I typed in her email address. Oh, this was a question from yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I typed in her email address and composed a little note uh, thanking her for her words. And it came back, this email account doesn't exist. So she not only can't email, she's probably not receiving any emails. Mm-hmm. There is a fighting chance, though. Yeah. We may have had operator error oh, in, your, so. in your attempt. To... I think I did fine. <laughs> Mr. Blue Hand Group. Oh, it's just before the Blue Hand. Before the Blue Hand. So if, Kath, if Kathy's listening, uh, thank you. And uh, I tried to send uh, a note back to you and could not. And you and I both have uh, technological problems when it comes to uh, the computer. But she's listening to the podcast, so that's great. Yeah. And you're not going to read any of the email. And well, it's it's. I don't like to read those where they're so nice to you. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, the hate mail is far more enjoyable yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Send that hate mail to Kenny. <laughs> she did say. Wait, she did say that her husband doesn't want to listen all the time, but pesters her. Just give me the give me the roundup. What did he say? Give to me you? the cliff <laughs> notes. Give me the cliff notes. <laughs> Where's that part? Oh, that's uh, funny. Uh, whatever. Uh, wishing you and the gang continued success, and if Putin doesn't push the button, hopefully that will be for a very long time. 
Here it is. My dear husband of 48 years doesn't have the patience to listen. Like most men, he can't multitask. So he always says to me, just give me the highlights. Thanks for all the many hours of entertainment, facts, and fun from both of us. Kathy and Phil. Men can't multitask. Uh, I need a drink of water. Okay. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hoffman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. You know, I'm just going to... It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Why is your arm up in the air? Yes, student, go ahead, you in the back. Oh, okay. So Maybe you need a hook. That would be cool. I could hang you. Yeah, hang your arm from a hook. We're at that time of year right now where I, I actually rode the sled on Monday. It's like riding in wet mashed potatoes. But then yes, both yesterday and today, saw motorcycles. And believe it or not, spring for most of us begins this weekend. That means Moon Motorsports in Monticello. They're uh, prepping their motorcycle outfitters for the uh, mad dash to two wheels. Make sure you're ready for the spring riding season, visit moonmotorsports.com. You can check out all the new motorcycle models they have in stock waiting for all of us. And right now, the Moon Motorsports service team, boy, they've got the service appointments available for you. So feel free, uh, feel free to book your service today. You need new rubber. Let's just face it. You've put it off long enough. You don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere by some casino in the middle of Wisconsin, uh, and you get a flat tire. That's get, happened to me. I know it has. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> get new tires. Oh, it's uh, battery. And you know what? That's even a better suggestion. Uh, put in a new battery. Moon, they offer eight brands of bikes and uh, many in-stock used models, including used Harleys, and they're all waiting for us in the greatest cathedral of motorized fun you'll ever see. It's right there in Monticello. And whatever type of riding that appeals to you, whether it be track, trail, tarmac, Moon has a machine, and even better, somebody on-site, a specialist that can make you uh, help you make the, the most of this season. Uh, Moon Motorsports, they're just off 94, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities in Monticello, and, of course, on the web, moonmotorsports.com. We have quite the tree crisis in Edina, a beloved stretch of wildland at the convergence of Edina, Minneapolis, and St. Louis Park now contains a gaping patch of destruction after crews recently clear-cut six acres of woods enraging area residents 
who have hiked, walked their dogs, and mountain biked there for years. Workers removed the patch of urban forest along with 300 individual trees in the unofficial park known as Weber Woods, just off France Avenue South, to expand an existing stormwater pond and make other improvements to help prevent flooding in Edina's nearby Morningside Park neighborhood. It's the first step in a $12.5 million project they expect to complete next year. Edina officials don't know how many trees were raised in the clear-cut area, but those who frequent the park say they are stunned and saddened by the deforestation. Deforestation? Mm. What, are we up in the boundary waters? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That they contend is more severe than the plan portrayed on paper. The place many described as a sanctuary of secluded trails has lost its allure. Well, I can understand that. It probably has. You want to, you want the trees, or you want to be flooded? Right. I would pick the. It's just devastating to lose that sort of magical up north feel of nature and freedom to let the dog run and play just and just for hiking around. Said Edina resident Tracy Shand, who visits the park daily with her mini golden golden doodle Maisie. Oh. <laughs> Three. The tree removal started two weeks ago, and crews were wrapping up the cleaning of debris. More than a dozen dog walkers and neighbors of Weber Woods met there informally. Tuesday evening, overlooking the mowed over space. Tears welled in Steve Anderson's eyes. The 73-year-old has lived in Morningside his entire life. My daughter had to pull over and sob for 10 minutes, Anderson said. (laughs) Come on! (laughs) No, 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 no. Really? Really? I'm going to go euphorian on you. Uh No, you are not. Uh I'm going to go a little euphorian on you. Oh, Joe. I I think you're permitted to be saddened by the loss of of a woods. I'm not sure it's sob-worthy, but, no, I have had a relationship with a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you hugged the uh, the state's oldest oak. I remember that. My, da- my daughter had to pull over and sob for 10 minutes, Andrew said. Many said it was heartbreaking. Uh, let me let the blue hand turn the page here. <laughs> it was and heartbreaking. now a man who's never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Uh The removal unfolded, and here trees ripped apart in a shredder. They worried about the loss of wildlife and thought the process could have been more surgical and sensitive because it's been a special place for generations of residents. People don't want another manicured park, said Brian Peters. This place had character. All right. Omar Yamut, 54, said he has been coming to Weber Woods since he was 12. Growing up on Kipling Avenue, where another patch of trees was removed, he would build forts in the woods with friends. He said it feels as if someone he dearly loved has died. Okay, I told you I can be sympathetic, but a lot of you are going a little over the top here. These are real first world problems, aren't they? Yep. When the city started telling us about it, it was already decided. We didn't have a say, he said. Ryan Griffin, who lives in St. Louis Park, said his kids, Bonnie, six, and Roy, eight, learn to mountain bike uh, through what his daughter calls <laughs> unicorn woods. They made signs to save Weber Woods with images of the Lorax. What's Lorax? Is that a unicorn? It's a car- Isn't that a cartoon car- car- yeah. character, yes. I think? Yeah. Hmm. We didn't get anywhere with it, trying to get Edina to listen, Griffin said, adding that his kids uh, came out the first day of tree removal and were deflated by the site. Oh. Tell me where this is again. I can't find it on the map. At the convergence of St. Louis Park, Edina, and Minneapolis. So it would be, that would be extreme northeast Edina, just off France Avenue. It's Louisiana, I believe. Is that Louisiana? No. It sounds to me like it's the northeast corner of Edina, and so therefore north and 
just a bit east of France <laughs> Avenue. Um, I'm sorry for derailing the program, but I think you're wrong. But keep going anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll find <laughs> I it do on too. my own. <laughs> I, I think Reavers is right. I think it's Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm up. being alerted to a deep thought. Uh-oh. Oh, boy, it's a deep thought. Just a minute. Just a minute. Oh, I'm going to try to write this down, but I can't write. I'll just put deep thought. There you go. All right. Ooh, it's so deep I don't like it. How deep is it's it? It's pretty damn deep. Uh, he died in St. Louis Park, jointly purchased the 14-and-a-half-acre Weber Woods from Minneapolis in 2016. Minneapolis has maintained a water pumping station there since the 1920s. Edina bought its 9.6-acre portion with the promise of not privately developing the land and using it for outdoor recreation and stormwater maintenance. Ross Bentner, Edina's engineering services manager, said the project coincides with two major Street reconstruction projects planned for 2022 and 2023 in Morningside, where more than 150 homes are at risk of flooding. I remember this coming up in the news about a year or two ago. This is a real generational opportunity for us, Bintner said, because you don't get a shot to redo the pipes under the road and provide that type of flood risk reduction. He said the choices had to be made between land use and reducing flood exposure for about half of those at-risk homes. The forest removal is the hardest part of that trade-off. That we got uh, that we got into with our eyes wide open. <coughs> Excuse me, Bintner said. We knew what we were up to. The city council adopted the project in April of 2021. Bintner, I'm sure the residents all knew about this. Well, of course they did. Yeah. Uh, and he said, uh, uh, city council had adopted the project in April of 2021. Bintner said, in the past two. Weeks, he's had nearly 20 conversations over the phone and email about the tree removal and nearly 40 conversations with people in Weber Woods. He said many people didn't understand the scope of the removal. I talked to dozens of people out in the field while trees were coming down, and a lot of them said it was a shame that we had to lose as many trees to make it possible to protect homes. But many people were also very understanding. Uh, okay, now that the trees are gone, crews will begin working on more than doubling an existing three-acre pond. The depth of the pond will triple in capacity by hauling away truckloads of soil. Later construction will involve understreet pipe work and installing a new, uh, a new predicted pumping system at the pond, which will be able to automatically uh, start pumping in anticipation of a storm. And then Weber Woods will feature boardwalks over the pond, and Bittner said crews will replant 1,000 trees. Well, then you're gaining 700 trees. Yeah, but they're little cruddy trees that take forever to grow. Some from southern regions that will adapt to climate change. Oh, God. And other species not prone to disease. <laughs> he said there will be habitat restoration with pollinators and adding foraging uh, and added foraging of nuts and berries. Well, it sounds like you damn near live there. Nuts and berries. Despite the plan improvement, Shan said she feels Edina needs to make amends for what they did because the bulldozing of so many trees seems like an overreach. She hopes that along with replanting trees, there can be an open or fenced dog park. They're saying it's due to climate change, but I don't see how this helps climate change, she said. I feel like this makes it worse. Deep thought time. Deep thought time. Is there a sounder for that? No, we have so, uh, most principally because of the failed academy <clears throat> and the success of Mysterian movements, 
We have so demonized that which has made America function, fossil fuels, for example, and so uh, canonized trees and lakes and water, and, and, and I'm a big fan of lakes and water and trees, but mm -hmm. we have canonized them to the point where uh, this young woman felt it, it felt entirely natural her, uh, for her to apparently sob at the loss of these trees. It, it, uh, it apparently felt natural these two young kids to uh, uh, make signs saying, save Unicorn Park. These are our special trees. Uh, you, first of all, you didn't lose that many trees. Second of all, you're going to prevent flooding. And third, uh, if, you're, if you're starting that early in your worship of trees, then you get to grade school, and then you get to high school, and pretty soon you can see why they need calm rooms, which we talked about yesterday. And, if, and then you can see why once a pandemic hits, they got, they got you right where they want you. If you can't handle a, a bump in the road in school, you're certainly not going to be able to handle the pandemic. If you can't handle the loss of 300 trees, you certainly can't handle anything that's truly significant and meaningful as a problem in life. That's where I'm going with that. We're, we're creating an environment, a societal environment, where... Absolutely nothing wrong is supposed to happen. And that's not even wrong. It's perceived as wrong because so much importance has been attached to the environment, even if it's part of the environment that needs to be worked on to improve the lives of humans. Uh, I, I agree and I disagree. Right. Um, everything you said is correct, and this probably should have happened, but I can give you two examples where this has happened in Minneapolis, and it, in my estimation, the uh, result was disastrous and awful. One was, do you know where Cedar Lake is and Bear Ass Beach? Yeah. It's, it's off of Kenwood. Yeah. The east and north side of Cedar Lake used to be wild and rugged and awful and complicated and just the coolest thing ever. It was like being stuck somewhere up north uh, in Minnesota. Yeah. Nobody went through there except some railroad tracks. And you could go back in there on your bicycle or, or hang out all day and not see another soul. It was really cool. Then the bike trails came through, and they got rid of all the underbrush, got rid of the trees. They put in paved trails, walking trails. Uh, the, the shirt tuckers all came in there and their <laughs> fancy bikes and their helmets and their weird uh, bike shoes and, and the dog walkers and, and basically made it uninteresting and not fun. The other area is down around, uh, help me with it, it's south of Minnehaha Falls, and it involves Native Americans, and they were protesting off of Hiawatha, um, and uh, there's a, a camp something. Camp, there's a nat, there's a natural spring yeah, there. Yeah, Camp Freshwater or Camp uh, Freshwater Spring or something. Camp Springs. And, and this spring in this little pool has been a site uh, where Native Americans have gathered and tra traded since you know for the last 500 years, where different tribes would come together, and it was really cool. There was, uh, and it was right around that testing area. We had. Um, uh, yep. Um, uh, a testing area for 
dirt and gravel and rocks. Didn't activists know. come in and handcuff themselves to the old well? And, uh, yeah, and they raised the old neighborhood, and they got rid of the underbrush, and they made it all shiny, and they put in paths and walkways and um, natural prairie grass, and uh, it's just and now it's just gross and boring and lame, and only the shirt tuckers go there and the beautiful people, and they took all the fun out of it. Um, but it God, is, is it camp freshwater. Nah, uh, it's not fresh. Cold water. Cold water spring. Cold water springs. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, even though it's an improvement and it's better, it's not as awesome as it used to. Okay, be. I would add this addendum. I too would lament and would pre- do the best I could to prevent the loss of trees if it was being done unnecessarily. A great example would right. be neighborhoods in St. Paul successfully rejecting having sidewalks put in their neighborhood where they hadn't had sidewalks since the beginning of time, and all of these magnificent old oaks would have been lost. Right. I, yep. say, I say you keep the trees. The Purple Line bus route from St. Paul to White Bear Lake, totally unnecessary. Right. How many trees are you going to lose on the Bruce Vento Trail to create an unnecessary busway? I'm all for that. The Southwest Light Ryan. Remember, they they got rid of a bunch of that, too. Yeah. This Edina thing does not sound at all analogous. They have a flooding problem. Apparently, in that little woodsy area is a pond that yep. they need to enlarge yep. to accommodate runoff. So the homes in morning uh, Morningside that are paying a bleep load of taxes don't get flooded. And I'm looking at it right now, a satellite image. It's bordered on the <clears throat> east by France. South um, border is 42nd Avenue. North border is 39th Avenue. West border, Inglewood Avenue. And uh, it's really cool, and I can see why they'd be anguished. But but there is a pond in there, and you're absolute. Everything you said is correct, Joe. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to those people shedding tears, but they, this needs to happen. And it and when it's put when trees are removed because of political ideology, sidewalks and bus routes, uh, you have every right in the world to protest because all you're doing is pointing out their hypocrisy. Correct. Because you're the same people that have helped plant the idea that trees are so sacred that people now stop and sob when they see the destruction of 300 trees. Yeah. They actually had a meeting, and I found uh, audio from their meeting. This was, I think, Why about a week ago. Why do I know what ago. this is going to be? <laughs> Me in the too. Neighborhood, a developer yeah. is being greedy. <laughs> There's a hole in the sky where a tree once stood. <laughs> Hold on. I like when the lady with the tree hat stands up. Always Such a lack of life and sound. All that's left is bare, muddy ground. A magnificent tree was murdered. Okay, I can't. I can't. Magnificent tree uh, was murdered. I know this... she yells at the one guy, stand up! Yeah. <laughs> I know this is far away for the residents that are shedding tears over in Edina, but if you want something natural right in the heart of the Twin Cities, Get on the trail uh, or go right to Fort Snelling and then go below the fort down to Pike Island. Oh, yeah. I've done it many times. Oh, it's so awesome it's down there. A great walking there. route. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and other than a few random trails through there, it is really, really, really neat. And Pike Island holds a lot of history for <laughs> yeah, this state. it really does. It I, was. Go ahead, John. No, go ahead. I had something about it, the story. Go ahead. It was actually uh, the site of um, a Native American God, what do I call it? Um, basically a death camp Yeah, where mm-hmm. we rounded it up and, and put them in there. 
Uh, and it's very solemn and quiet and just completely awesome down there. It's right below the fort. Well, the thing about that story is the reaction to the people. And I understand the reporters, you know, probably uh, talked to 20 people and they took those three people who mm-hmm. were kind of over the top mm-hmm. just a little bit. And all I could think of while you were reading that was uh, think of 1849 when some guy's stopping to build a cabin and he starts cutting down trees yeah. if he heard those comments. <laughs> what, 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 what would he think? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we clear cut for lumber and, and houses and yeah. fields. My yeah. ancestors grubbed hundreds of acres of forest. Of course. For fields. But, but of course. See, see where the movement has taken you? The movement has taken you to the so far away from the necessity of functioning traditional American citizens, yep. all of whom don't want their house flooded. Right. I bet you there's not one protester. With a house that threatens to be flooded. Of course not. Yeah. 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 But but what we're tur- we're turning our backs on that kind of American convention, and we're placing a uh, uh, a reverence on the woods as opposed to the people. Yeah. And the people protesting apparently don't care about the people <laughs> who face flooding. That's their problem. Move. Buy another house. What would the, because it would be the same reaction of remember the the, the quote we read. You know, ride a bike. And, Blaming fossil fuel oh, that, prices. That L.A. chick. Yeah. yeah, move closer. In L.A. to what? Right. L.A. is a <laughs> spread out mess. Uh, okay. Uh, well, good luck with your trees, Eridina. I, too, share your sentiments. They're wonderful. It's fun to have a little woodsy area. But in this case, uh, you've got no you've got no leg to stand on. Well, there's a hole in the sky. There's a hole in the sky where a tree once stood. You want to hear the song again? <laughs> no, I want to hear John Height's news. <laughs> It's Reavers here once again for Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com. Boy, I have to tell you, one of the things that makes living in this state this time of the year a little bit less miserable is bamboo long underwear. That's now available online at ChillBoys.com. Fast and free for all orders across the entire United States of America, by the way. Over $40. Fast and free through ChillBoys.com. Go online. See the entire selection of bamboo performance boxers, uh, bamboo boxer briefs. They are the best underwear you will ever own and it doesn't matter where you live if you're in carver minnesota or if you're in phoenix arizona you can get the same treatment if you go online and place your order at chillboys.com give the gift of comfort no matter what time of the year it is go online chillboys.com please place your order with the best customer service team around and let them know that you heard about their product right here on the garage logic podcast thank you i'm sorry chris that's okay He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Well, to quote the great Matt Mikulski, the rookie, it's that time of year, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Uh, For us GLers, we're putting cylinders to bed for the summer, waking up even more plow trucks, blowers, sleds, bikes, outboards, inboards, uh, tillers, saws, you name it. Seafoam goes in, the old gas goes out. It's actually, for me, a fun rite of both fall and spring, putting to use the magic of seafoam. Seafoam keeps the gas that's in the tank and float bowls fresh and viable. So when you go to fire them up, and well, first thing you're going to do, what are you going to do? You're going to open the gas cap and give her a sniff. And, uh, boy, you don't want to smell that gross varnish uh, smell. You smell varnish, that means... 
Oh, draining You're the done, tank, baby. pulling the carb, and oh, all that nonsense. Seafoam's going to save you all that hassle. And you know what? That's all well and good, but gas prices, oh, my goodness, where they are right now, it behooves all of us to add a little bit of seafoam, a couple of gulps, uh, every fill-up to the vehicle's tanks, and keep them vehicle's tanks. Yeah, I, I said that. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep them running as good as possible. That's the point. Seafoam is the answer, a true miracle, and available everywhere the world over. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Here's John. Here's John Height. Yeah. I got to say, Joe, sitting oh. there like that, you remind me of the uh, police guy, uh, the Kenneth Mars character in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Remember when he, yeah. We always have to pull his arm right. down. Uh, and let's back up a few minutes here. I went on the web during the break. It was the Bureau of Mines. Over by Coldwater Springs. Yeah, not yeah. the uh, Department of, what did I say, Dirt and Gravel? Dirt and gravel. <laughs> they probably have a Department of Dirt and Gravel. And six commissioners. Right. I'm the I'm the under-assistant leader right. of the Department of Third shift team gravel. leader, second generation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in the news, a bill to legalize sports betting in Minnesota is making its way through the Minnesota House, has passed through a second committee. The bill passed the House Finance Committee on Tuesday now goes to the Judiciary Committee. It passed the Commerce Committee just last week. The bill will uh, only allow sports betting in Native American casinos and through mobile devices and operators partnered with the tribes. The original sports betting bill in the House would have allowed legal sports wagering for anyone 18 or older, uh, but that will be amended to make 21 the legal age for sports betting under Minnesota law. If you're 18 or older, you can gamble in so casino. we all watch a little sports here and there, and I'm a big fan of the of, of the old sure. stick in the ball. But I really have a tough time with all of the ways that gambling has crept into sports. It's nonstop. I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not either. No. Oh come on, it no. makes it interesting. I mean, I don't care if someone is able to place a wager legally. That doesn't whatever. If they want to do it, that's fine. But it, it's all over the broadcast and stuff now. I think it's kind of annoying. Yeah, it's penetrated golf, for God's sake. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. OTB would save my life right now. It would be so fun to walk down the street into a little OTB parlor, <laughs> sit there the afternoon playing 14 tracks around uh, the state <laughs> or the country. God, that would be fun. For two years, the <laughs> sky was If you, if you think you're broke now. Nothing <laughs> more satisfying than getting a good stumble on and playing three or four <laughs> tracks at the same time. Oh my God! Yeah, well you Drink can a little. You, you know, can do that gamble. now. Go out to Canterbury. They have OTB all the time. It's too be far. quite a drive for him. It's too far. That's true. Know. Walk down to the Knack Hardware Store <laughs> right. and slip in the back and <laughs> right. do it there. Crawl home. <laughs> For two years, the Skyways in St. Paul have been fairly empty. It's led to business closures and some unwanted behavior like loitering and property damage. Uh, now a team of city officials and business leaders are working to, uh, well, get the 47 blocks of St. Paul Skyway up and running again. They're adding extra security with city and metro transit police, and they're hoping to fill the empty Skyways with life. For example, outside the Skyway level of the St. Paul Athletic Club, city officials have started working from one of the empty office spaces. St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter said it's just to light up some of the spaces to have eyes in the Skyways and create safer That's spaces by... brilliant! This is how we're going to rejuvenate St. Paul. Joe, we're going to hire more city employees. I think this is genius. The office he's talking about I happen to be very familiar with. It's empty. I used to know the people who ran it. It was a, a very thriving school to teach 
uh, incoming uh, new arrivals to the Twin Cities, how to speak English. Hmm. Uh, three major employers, Ecolab, Securian, and Travelers Insurance, are bringing employees back in waves over the next few weeks. That should result in about 5,700 more people in downtown St. Paul by mid-April. An arrest has been made after a two-year-old boy was shot in the face on Monday in Minneapolis. Uh, the boy, if you missed this story, was taken to the hospital in critical but stable condition early Monday morning after he was found bleeding from the face. Police said a preliminary investigation revealed the boy was staying with a family member who is not a parent when the incident happened. Officers said they were provided limited information as to how the gunshot wound happened. Police say a 36-year-old man was booked into the Hennepin County Jail on suspicion of a weapons violation. Investigators say they are looking into the man's involvement into the incident to figure out whether or not more charges should be filed in that case. The Lamplighter Lounge, St. Paul's only strip club that's been in the city's crosshairs after a number of shootings, including the killing of a woman in 2020, has shut down. No. Yep. The Lamplighter's gone? It's the last one. Boy. It's Spokeswoman for the city's Department of Safety and Inspection said Tuesday they have been notified that Lamplighter would be canceling its licenses. Signs have been taken off the building. It was located in a strip mall at Larpenter Avenue. Was it next Street. to a laundromat? I don't know. I never I've, went uh, there. I've I've never been to the Lamplighter. I have no idea how. Oh, to I don't care. I got, I got no shame. How <laughs> many strip? Did we used to have a lot of strip clubs in the Twin Cities? Serious question. I have no idea. Uh, I don't well, know. well, we still Belmont, have a few in the Belmont on University and Dale. Lamplighter, though, used to, that used to be uh, the place with the plexiglass, right? Yeah. It, it still is. I, I got that in the story here. Well, yeah. let's let John go here. Casey's Kim, down on Seventh. Too, that's right. Used yeah. to have the plexiglass. Kim yeah, O'Brien goes to the strip club, which I shouldn't have been in, no. which I haven't been in since then. Yeah, that's right. See. The script club. The script club. Kim, Kim O'Brien's executive director of the Rice and Larpenter Alliance, she said she received an email from the building owner confirming the business is closed permanently, and she called it a big day in the neighborhood. Uh, strippers, as Kenny said, at the lamplighter appeared unclothed behind a pane of glass or hard plastic while patrons drank in the bar of an adjoining room. Wow. <laughs> what a nice way to spend time. Oh, 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 the pain reliever. Pain reliever, you're right. Pain reliever, yep. Yep. Yeah. The physical separations. Why is that funny, Chris? No, the plexiglass part just. Gets they were oh. ahead of the curve when it came to Chris, COVID. They had, uh, and don't I have no idea how I know this. I think somebody told me. Um, <laughs> they had a little trays under the plexiglass where you slide the dollar bills. Oh. Uh, like yeah. it's a the, bank uh, teller, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The physical. Can I get some change for that? Right. <laughs> I'm gonna need all that. <laughs> Wait, where did she store the change? Oh. The, the physical separations allowed the club to effectively flout city rules against nude bars, but city officials say the lounge had nevertheless been a magnet for trouble, prompting fierce opposition from neighborhood residents and community groups. Okay, what's the name of the place? South St. Paul Strip Club. I don't think there is one anymore. Kenny King of a rotation. King of Diamonds. King of, King Diamonds. of Diamonds. That's yeah, Invergrove uh, Heights, though, I right? think that's the Heights. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, yeah, yeah. And you can, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, okay. I I've never been there either. Right. Well, what's the one out on 52 <laughs> that I'm thinking of? Highway 52 on the way to Rochester. That's Jake's. Oh, that's long closed. That's long been closed. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. Was that your place? No, it wasn't my place. <laughs> Just remember that being a there. Big dark parking lot no, for no, guys like you. No, no. 
Oh. Those places <laughs> make me nervous. I wouldn't go in those places. Casinos and strip clubs make me nervous. So you basically have the same thought. Yeah, I did go to the strip club. Not which anymore. I shouldn't have been in. Mm-hmm. Which shouldn't I haven't been, been in. I haven't been in since. Is, is it the noise and commotion at casinos that annoys you? Yes. Is that, is that what, uh, well, it's like you, why you don't watch game shows. I don't like They give shows. you anxiety. I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. See, I could never get into the it, – it was with me, it was always, how did you end up here? I, I, I'd wanted to, you know, well, never they were mind. so sad. Yeah, yeah. What, what, how, what went wrong? Yeah. How, how did this happen? Just so sad. Uh, are you talking about the script club? The script yeah. club. Casinos. Yeah. Uh, oh, both. 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 Script both. club. Okay. Script club. And then University. there's a place up in Ironwood, Michigan. There goes any or no, it's not Ironwood. Getting, uh, it's Grand uh, Casino. Is it Hurley? <laughs> Hurley, Thanks Wisconsin. Yes, yeah, Hurley. Yes, sir. Sure. I know. Well, they have a Hurley. whole whole street full of them. Yeah, and there's there's some uh, there's some gals up there that. Uh, oh yeah, they got the scars. And you know, they've been they've been the, road hard and they, put they away the, wet. They got the their 14 year old kids right. sitting at the bar doing the homework. <laughs> Oh, God. And mom comes in with a pot roast that she just fixed. It's really weird. It's a minute, kids. I got to do my shift. I'll be right back. So there's one bar on that strip that doesn't have the dancers, and that's where I'd always end up. Yeah. Because it. Oh, it was awful, Chris. You can see see the C section scars. Oh, God. Jeez. Got uh, got one eye looking this way and one eye looking and the that husband way. will walk in and say, Where's the car keys? Where are you where'd you leave the truck keys? Yeah. It's They're oh. on the kitchen counter, Fred. It's weird. I'm glad I uh, glad I did that story. Uh meanwhile, a University of Minnesota. Hey Mom. It's not What's funny fine? if you've seen it. It's oh. it's really heartbreaking. It is. Oh it's not God. good. It's not a good thing. Yeah. And <sighs> husband comes in and says the power's out in the trailer again. <laughs> you pay the bill. <laughs> We're sleeping in the van tonight. Oh. God help us. Okay. The University them. of Minnesota connector bus oh. crashed into a building near campus's West Bank on Tuesday. Uh, crews were called right around noon to a report of the crash into the Acadia Cafe at 329. <laughs> Cedar Avenue in Minneapolis. Nobody in the restaurant at the time. The bus was only carrying. Get, get a hold of yourself. It's sad. Think... You're laughing at something really I sad. I know, and I feel horrible. Then there's the no. guys that sit in the front row with the minor helmets on. Still got the they still got the traffic vest on too. Yeah. They were doing road work. Yeah. And, and then they start asking, well, "How's your parents? Oh how you how God. you doing?" Oh. Your cousin's still in the hospital. Don't <laughs> <laughs> your husband get out of jail? Oh all of that. Yeah. Just gonna let you guys finish. You guys all done? I think I've learned the uh, the the, the <laughs> key and the success to a really good podcast: lack of show prep. There's been no lack of show prep today, just because I had to spend an hour getting my hand uh, put in a Star Wars sling or whatever the hell this thing is. Oh, my God. I'm sweating. Even with petroleum prices rocketing in recent weeks, oil field operators did not add any new drill rigs in North Dakota. Nationwide, the drill rig count, a key indicator of new oil production, has risen, but it's still nowhere near pre-pandemic level. Lynn Helms, North Dakota's mineral resources director, said it makes you a little curious as to why our largest oil and gas companies are not ramping up. With war in Ukraine, West Texas Intermediate, the benchmark U.S. crude price, topped 130 bucks a barrel last week before it fell back to earth in recent days, settling at around 95 bucks a barrel yesterday. 
Helm said he expects oil prices to range anywhere from 95 to 100 and a quarter on any given day. He said that should translate into gasoline prices of three and a half to four dollars per gallon in the Midwest, according to Helms. North Dakota did release its January oil production numbers yesterday. They were grim. Output fell 5% from the previous month to 1.09 million barrels per day, the most significant drop since COVID-19 hit in 2020. Gas production uh, fell 7 uh, natural gas, I'm sorry, production fell 7%. And uh, he says it was the especially cold weather that was to blame. That gummed up machinery. Other problems in North Dakota, though. North Dakota's rig count currently stands at 33 and hasn't moved for several months. The rig count was in the mid-50s prior to the pandemic. Uh, the Biden administration has tried to cajole U.S. oil companies produced uh, to make more oil, but Helm said oil company yeah. executives have told him that the Biden administration is reducing their appetite for new investment risk. Helm said their outlook, long-term, this administration doesn't want your business. Read yeah. the last two paragraphs of the story. Yeah. Okay, if it's the Star Tribune business section. Yep, yeah. let me scroll down here. The last paragraph of the story, last two paragraphs. Uh, Just what the email uh, told us yesterday. But over, over the, the, Go ahead, John, you've got it. Over the past year, demand for oil has outpaced the industry's output. OPEC and other oil exporting nations who control over half the world's supply have been disciplined too. And like many industries, the oil business faces a tight supply chain there for oil go. field equipment and other supplies. Plus, oil companies have been scrambling to find workers, another disincentive for production, according to Helms. He said, we have seen a lot of pressure on fracking. Crews. Yeah, this business about the Biden administration encouraging more <laughs> drilling. Go ahead. We need more drilling, but we're going to fight you uh, every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell? By the way, um, <laughs> you guys recall the TikTok video we played yesterday of the young lady explaining sure. gas prices? She's a new White yeah. House correspondent. Right. There is a, another one that was sent to us that's hysterical, yeah. making fun of her, yeah. but it's littered with profanity. So, okay. I mean, that, that's what makes it enjoyable, but she's mocking that, that, that same woman All on right. TikTok. It's very, very funny. I want you to play that for me off the air. Okay. Yeah. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky cited Pearl Harbor and the terror attacks of September 11, 2001 today as he appealed to the U.S. Congress to do more to help Ukraine's fight against Russia. Live streamed into the Capitol complex, Zelensky said the U.S. must sanction Russian lawmakers and block imports, and he showed a packed auditorium of U.S. lawmakers an emotional video of the destruction and devastation that his country so far has suffered in the war. Lawmakers gave him a standing ovation before and after his remarks. During the three-week mark in an ever-escalating war, Zelensky has used his campaign to implore allied leaders to close the sky to prevent the Russian airstrikes that are devastating his country. A former President Donald Trump said he was surprised when Russian President Putin invaded Ukraine, according to a brand new interview with David Drucker of the Washington Examiner. Trump said he was under the impression Putin was just going to do some sort of negotiation with Ukraine. He said, I'm surprised, I'm surprised. I thought he was negotiating when he sent his troops to the border. I just thought he was negotiating. His remarks, of course, come after he praised Putin's justification for invading Ukraine as savvy and genius last month, something backers thought was done sarcastically. Well, listening to the speeches didn't seem to indicate that. Uh, the former president also insisted in the interview he was very, very tough on Putin. In fact, he said, when you think of me, who is tougher on Russia than me? Former Trump administration officials, though, have said his actions and statements in many ways emboldened Putin and paved the way for him to invade Ukraine. A year into the great resignation spurred by the COVID-19 pandemic, more employees are thinking about quitting their jobs now than in 2021. That's according to a new survey by Microsoft. 
which also found that more than half of younger workers are thinking about a job change within the next year. Microsoft's second annual Worker Trend Index, which examines global employee attitude, showed an increase in respondents who said they are somewhat or extremely likely to think about a job change in the coming year. The overall number jumped to 43% from 41 last year. Uh, it's being called the Great Reshuffle. Others doubling, uh, dubbed it the Great Resignation, which saw U.S. workers quitting jobs in record numbers. A couple of Keith Richards notes. The Rolling Stones. Uh-oh, did we lose them? Nope. Oh, God, no. Healthier than ever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Stones have one of the most prestigious catalogs in music history, and if it were sold, it would uh, probably get a lot of money. However, Keith said in a recent interview that selling the catalog isn't in the plans anytime soon. Speaking to Anthony Mason on CBS Sunday Morning, he said, Mick and I have not spoken about it on a serious level. I don't know if we're ready to sell our catalog. We might drag it out a bit, put some more stuff in it. And then he added, you really only think about selling your catalog when it's a sign of getting old. Richards also, <laughs> Richards also said the Rolling Stones hiatus back in 1990. Remember, everybody thought they were going to break up at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that was necessary to keep the band together, and he said actually it saved the band. The band took a break after their Steel Wheels Urban Jungle tour, and uh, Keith went and released his second solo album with the expensive Winos. As the LP turns 30, the 78-year-old musician reflected on what he calls a weird period, said it was much-needed time off. He said, looking back on it now, it was necessary. He said he got the experience of being the front man himself at his gigs with the Winos, and it lightened him to the pressure that Mick Jagger is under as a band leader. He said, in other words, I came back to the Stones with a lot more knowledge of what Mick's job is, and it's quite surprisingly different here out there all the time. They're going through Europe this year. Do they have the Eastwood yep. theory? Uh, don't let the old man in? Yeah. Is that what this is? You know, I mean, I, I respect it, because why not just keep working? Why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, Mick is in incredible shape. Right. Yeah, right, right. Sam. And Keith Richards quit drinking and <laughs> quit smoking and, and quit everything, and he looks healthy as hell. Did you see the expensive winos did a three song gig last week? Mm-hmm. He sounded great. I he didn't see wonderful. that. Yeah. Well, I went to their show. They were that was fun. I the winos? They, no, 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 no. The one that was at U.S. Bank. Oh, the Stones. A couple yeah. of when yeah. was that? A couple months ago. October. Yeah. Labrador retrievers are still the most popular dog breeds in America, but poodles. Back into the American Kennel Club's top five most popular breeds for the first time in almost 25 years. The club's annual popularity rankings came out Tuesday, drawn for more than 800,000 purebred puppies and older pooches. That makes 31 straight years for the lab being number one. After labs, the top 10 are French Bulldogs, Golden Retrievers, German Shepherds, Poodles, Bulldogs, Beagles, Rottweilers, German Short-Haired Pointers, and Dachshunds. Owner of a restaurant who spotted a woman on surveillance video taking a $4,000 bottle of cognac from behind the bar says they will not press charges. He wants to give her a second chance. However, she will not be allowed in his restaurant again. It happened at the Grandview Restaurant in San Jose last week. The cognac was a century-old Louis XIII, produced by Remy Martin in France. It costs about $200 per 1.5-ounce pour. What is cognac, a liqueur? Yes. Oh. Surveillance video showed that the bar was empty when a woman in a long dress walked behind the bar, grabbed the bottle, and walked out with a man beside her. After the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office asked for the public's help finding the woman, the owner said someone acting on her behalf returned the bottle, still sealed. Owner Maurice Caruba said he will not press charges, saying that people make mistakes. 
He said, with everything going on in the world, war, COVID, and everything else, given that she's a mother of six who made a bad decision, we decided to give her a second chance. He says he realizes he might be criticized for his act of forgiveness. The woman could have been charged with grand felony theft, according to the Mercury News. John, thank you. You're welcome. Let's uh, take a short time out for the water. You're listening to Garage Logic right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking to you about your business right now, telling the thousands of loyal GLers about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with the Garage Logic podcast. It's easy. Visit garagelogic.com now, enter keyword partner, P A R T N E R, fill out the form. We'll get in touch with you very quickly. Once me and the dummies start talking about your company, you're going to be amazed at how many GLs just start showing up. Easy to do. Do it right now. Visit garagelogic.com and enter keyword partner. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Are you allowed to play that one after today's show? The U.S. Senate has unanimously passed the Sunshine Protection Act, oh. which would make daylight savings time permanent across the United States. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, you should have a feeling about this based should on where you live. But that we... means kids will be waiting at a school bus in the dark, waiting at a bus stop in the, in the dark. Morning. Right. Wouldn't it be better to have standard time permanent? I don't even know what standard time is anymore. Are we on standard time right now? I think we're on standard time now. Correct? We are. Because um, daylight savings is for winter. Yeah. The big change would be that, it, you know, it'll be light out till about 5.30 when it was light out till 4.30. Right, but then it's sunrise won't be until 9 a.m. There'll be a stretch where sunrise would be in the, in the 9 o'clock region. Which that's, that's pretty late. Yeah. Can I, this might be controversial. I'm okay with what we what we have, aren't you guys? The, the, mean making the switch? Yeah. I guess it's never been a big problem in my life. Yeah, it's never been some. I hear people talk about it like it's the most serious issue that we have to deal with. Like they but got I, jet lag I, yeah, I for a lousy hour. Yeah, there's a couple Either of days where you adjust and then you're fine. I, I I never got why people are bugged by this. And I believe they tried it in either 73 or 74, right? From December 30 to January 5, the sun would come up at 8.51 a.m. Oh, no thank Oof. you. But that means it's light at 8.20. Well, that means that the kids aren't in school then anyway. Oh, uh, don't a lot of them start at 8. It, no, but I mean, no, aren't they on their Christmas break then? Oh, yeah, but, I see. But yeah. it would, yeah, but you would still have that problem in early January and mid-December, wouldn't you? I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> it's almost a math problem, isn't Here's, it? I, I want to stop right now. Here, here, when I wake up at 4 in the morning and it's dark out and it stays dark for a few more hours, it makes me feel better than you people because I've got more done by 9 a.m. than you jackasses will get done all day. Easily. In the summer when I wake up at 4 and it's already getting light, it makes me feel, well, like a, like I'm a loser like you guys. <laughs> I'm burning daylight here, and I'm uh, bugs me. So, who is this? Is it Arizona that doesn't observe daylight savings? Yes, a couple. I don't think correct. Indiana does either. There's a couple of states that don't observe it. Okay. And the old idea that it was done initially for uh, farmers for farmers uh, that was true at one point, but I don't think that's the case anymore. It's not Hawaiian, like the kid is out there in the farm fields. 
Hawaii and Arizona. Oh, no. the That's it? That do not. That's it. Yep. The kids are out there, Such, but the lighting and the, the equipment and everything else is you can work into the night. Why did he go Scotland all the What just it. happened there? Yeah. I got it. Hold on. Wow. Was that me? Yep. Hail the flashlight oh, king. Oh, uh, hail you. I run a all camp right, so and conference... I was going to play the Scotland, but you go ahead. Sorry. I run a camp and conference center and was pondering a change to use paper cups versus plastic cups, thinking it was better for the environment, but then thought about all of the energy needed to create a paper cup. The net is that nothing is free to produce, and that's when it hit me that there is a link here. Our society has gotten so used to expecting things for free that they have no concept that everything costs something. They think green energy is free to produce. So when they see electric, they have no concept of the cost to produce the electricity or to create the batteries or even to create the materials for windmills. And they don't even think of the disposal costs. If you've always been given everything, then you don't think about the cost of anything. It's that simple. And this is from Tracy. All right. And only because they come to us. All the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans, it was on this day in 18... 76. 1876. On this day. March 16th. The St. Paul Society for Improving the Condition of the Poor is organized to give aid to people who need food, fuel, and work. All right. In 1882, on this day. March 1-6. Oscar Wilde lectured at the Opera House in St. Paul. He had spoken the day before at the Academy of Music in Minneapolis. That would have been fascinating. And on this day, 316. In 1912, Clyde Elmer Anderson was born in Brainerd, a champion of social and humanitarian causes. He would serve a record 11 years as the state's lieutenant governor beginning in 1939. And as the state's 28th governor from 1951 to 1955, he died in 1998, making him how old when he died? See Elmer Anderson. 86. No, 98. Yeah. Oh, no, 12. Yeah, 12, 1912. I thought I said 1812. No, 1912. Okay, what? thank you. Wow, he'd have been 186 then. No, he wouldn't awesome. have been 100. Yeah, he would have been old. Well, if, if it was 1812. C. Elmer yeah. Anderson. What was he doing in St. Paul? Who? Oscar Wilde. He was uh, giving lectures. I suppose that's how I'm he made sure, a buck. Yeah, a tour, don't you yeah. think? Just, oh, yeah, you, know, you can get them. Like, yeah. like bands do oh, now. Yeah. Would the you campuses know, it, have revolted knowing it, he was coming? No. It's okay to just say, I don't know. You don't have to make BS up. No, well, I, I'm not making I BS think, up. That's I think how they made right. money. Yeah. I think we're correct, Kenny. If you'd like to mansplain Kenny Olson, please send him an email. <laughs> yeah. Olson at garagelogic.com. <laughs> Kenny loves mansplaining. I'm reading about Oscar Wilde right now. Sweet. I'm not paying attention. Thank you, GLers. Yes. Uh, GLers, if you'd like to see a picture of Joe's cast, make sure you subscribe to the <laughs> Garage no Logic to see a YouTube. Well, oh, we're putting up video. Yeah, we? we have to. We have yeah, to put up yeah, video. Yeah. The GLers demand to see the cast. Watch, we're going to have a record number of views on the Mr. YouTube. Mr. Blue Hand Group. <laughs> I love the Blue Hand Group. We got the blue for the Ukraine. It almost looks like when he holds it up like that, like he's permanently giving us the bird, too. I can't. Like, that finger's trapped. <laughs> you can't put the finger down. Uh, also, see us on all of our social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And don't forget to visit the GarageLogic online shop at garagelogic.com. See you tomorrow.